0: Welcome to Glow To It, a podcast sponsored by Lily House Productions and hosted by me, Marco Drummond. On Season 1, Episode 2, Glow To It identifies the differences between showing up and sitting on the sideline and how vulnerability plays a vital role in whether or not we sit on the sideline or play the game. And so I wanted to start with our first book, and that was Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And she does a wonderful job of just identifying that vulnerability isn't knowing that there's a difference between victory or defeat, but simply that the understanding and the necessity of both and how that means we ourselves understand how vulnerability plays in different aspects of our day-to-day life.
1: Vulnerability is not knowing victory or defeat. It's understanding the necessity of both. It's engaging. It's being all in. Vulnerability is not weakness and the uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure we face every day are not optional.
0: Pretty cool little surprise there. I bet you didn't know we were gonna have a guest speaker on our first official podcast. And I thought, why not have it? I like it, I think it's pretty cool that you also get to hear directly from the author, especially the person who wrote the book that we're gonna be discussing. So I think that's pretty cool. And there, there'll definitely be more of that. So to continue back on topic, vulnerability means that we dare to show up and be seen. Not sitting on the sideline, not waiting for something to happen. I know that a lot of people use the word manifestation. I think that's great if you're somebody of faith. And I think that's wonderful if you're actively taking the steps to work towards something. But simply sitting on the sideline and judging and hoping and and praying that something will come about that's positive for you, either monetarily or you're hoping for that art expo and, and that they pick you to be hosted in that gallery. It's being able to put yourself out there, going into those shops, going into the galleries, going into spaces that you aren't feeling comfortable in and expressing yourself and showing that you want to play the game and you want to be a part of it.
1: Our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose.
0: Brene does a great job of going through different examples in her book as we identify Just what that means, and and how we can utilize our own vulnerabilities to succeed in life. I think that being uncomfortable means that we have to understand that that emotion and that uncomfortableness is us realizing and internalizing that we have vulnerabilities of either that situation, how we present ourselves, how we communicate and knowing that what makes us scared or what defines why we are there, or even if we should be there, really helps to equate that our own vulnerabilities determine whether or not we succeed in life. And this is one of the aspects that I like to focus on, especially at the beginning of our series.
1: When we spend our lives waiting until we're perfect or bulletproof before we walk into the arena, we ultimately sacrifice relationships and opportunities that may not be recoverable. We squander our precious time, and we turn our backs on our gifts, those unique contributions that only we can make. Perfect and bulletproof are seductive, but they don't exist in the human experience. Wow,
0: does she not give you goosebumps? Just amazing. This is why I love Birday Brown. She literally helped me to identify just how playing the game and getting involved and dealing with my own vulnerabilities allowed me to take chances that I I never thought I would take from graduating high school early and moving to St. Joe to go to Missouri Western. It was a whole new venture. And she was just now coming out and doing her TED talks and writing her books about vulnerability and, and dealing with shame and narcissism and things like that. And it helped me to take the leap that I needed when I had already been working five years full time at, Um, An employer that I I love the impact that we made in the community, but I knew that wasn't my long-term thing I knew I didn't want to work in the nonprofit world and stay with the Chamber of Commerce and World Trade Center I knew I wanted to get into the service realm. My family have all come from uh, The military background. I mean my mom and her family traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast and she grew up in um, Washington and she's a Florida gal so We already have had that generational ability to provide service to our our common citizen. And my dad, being in the Navy, and my great-grandfather serving in World War II, I knew that the business community and the idea of making money, it's enticing. And it's it's something that I thought someday I would want. But I decided, nope, I want to go into the service world. And I knew that I wasn't able to go into the military, partly because of the don't ask, don't tell. And since I couldn't make that endeavor, I decided that I wanted to go into emergency management. And to do that meant I would either have to continue on with my education past my baccalaureate or go on to um, the state emergency management agency. And, and so that's what I did. I ended up taking the leap, dealing with my vulnerability of being accepted into a new space, a new environment, and taking a huge risk. You know, I went from a... Pretty decent income and living on my own, and being able to, you know, be an adult and adapt and grow into this society and live the city urban life. And it was quickly decided that I, if I wanted to go that route of serviceability, I was going to have to move. And so I packed up, moved to Jeff City, and started working in emergency management. And I understood that I needed to start at the bottom. Nowhere can you go, can you start at the top, and, and having that expectation that on day one I should be you know, vice president of something, it, it was an ignorant thought, and I'm glad that I was able to start off as an assistant. I started off as an admin assistant to our response chief, and he got to know me, and shortly after just three weeks, I was promoted to an emergency management officer working in our state watch center so now I'm in a new job I'm in a new environment I'm completely unaware of just how many new vulnerabilities I'm seeing come to fruition I'm seeing come to the light and I know that I've got to deal with them and I can't just internalize every single um, you know issue that I think could be happening or or the paranoia behind that and it came to realize that what I was doing is I was building this level of shame around the fear of just being ordinary and Bernay does a good job of explaining just how fear of never feeling extraordinary enough to be noticed or to be loved or to belong and how that cultivation of realizing that you are your vulnerabilities and that you can grow past that or in this sense you can glow past that see what I did there that's that's marketing that's branding um but actually seeing that The simple act of humanizing our problems and how we can shed our own light on them really helps stigmatize against the label of this shame-led narcissistic level of um, vulnerability. And that was something quickly I had to come with, especially learning that I'm in an entirely new world, an emergency management world that I have no experience. I did not go to college for that. I went to college for business communication and entrepreneurship and marketing. I did not go to college for emergency management. And so I had to adapt and overcome and I took the opportunities that were there. You know, FEMA offers a wonderful online program where they've got a school that you can go in and it's the emergency management Institute and take as many courses as you want for free. And so that was the first thing I did within the first three months there, I had already completed 15 different courses on emergency management, emergency communication, dealing with vulnerable vulnerable populations, um, and identifying you know our levels of impact and the work that we do. And so I think this is one of the things that we expand on. And one of the things that I think each of us can compare our own experiences and our own stories to is this understanding that dealing with our own vulnerabilities is literally gonna make the difference between whether or not we reach the levels that we want to see in life, whether or not we glow to our highest potential, and whether or not we move to different cities, take the risks. If we go back to college, if we decide I'm gonna fly across the world because I've never been to a foreign country and I want to expand my own culture. And with that comes with, you know, will they like me? Will I be able to connect with somebody there? Will I be able to say that yes I'm, I'm feeling that i've expanded my knowledge on the world and that i've grown internally and i want to share that with everyone those are the things that i think people struggle with and I, I commend the ones that take that risk and and decide to show up to the arena and I, i've got to call out my mom i i love her to death and she and i went to community college together and that's that's something that's a, such a unique experience and at 50 years old, she decided to go back and get her degree. And it was something that had always haunted her for years. And she had dropped out of high school and decided that after 30-some years of working in, the, in insurance and working to um, provide services in the healthcare industry, she decided to go back to school. And I I still to this day am shocked because nobody can you cheat off of in your psychology test or your paperwork and see where you're at in the book than the person sitting next to you who happens to be your mom. So I I, I think that's just such a cool story. And it's an inspiration. And it's one of the things that I think really shows that she accepted her vulnerability. She understood that the arena was... It was small. It was a micro arena. It was community college. But to where I might see that or where somebody who's, you know, 17, turning 18, about to graduate high school and have to consider what school to go to, she's 50. She's a single mom. She's got two kids at home. Both are either working towards, you know, a career or in school. And so it's people like that that I, I think this podcast should call out and should well, not call out. That sounded so negative. Should, um should give example, Um, you know, and uh, that's where I think we need to slow down and not only recognize our own vulnerabilities, but meet people where their vulnerabilities are as well and understand that not only being able to recognize somebody else's vulnerability, but also being able to show empathy. I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with, or at least that I've witnessed in my career, is the level of empathy understanding somebody's vulnerability and how to work with them on that and work with your in yourself to see if there's comparable vulnerabilities and to work as a team even in relationships i know that a lot of relationships when that terms used people think of you know their spouse or their loved one or their partner and it's it's the relationships between our co-workers and our bank teller and the person at the drive-through it's being able to know that where they're at is where we can meet them, and that includes for ourselves. I know there's um, some more discussion in her book about the scarcity of vulnerability, and and am I good enough, and am I internalizing this, or am I the only one that's going through this? And being able to share our vulnerabilities and arrive to the game and share that with people recognizes that we're all in the same boat. We are all human. And to have those thoughts is normal, and I think getting to the table and having conversations, and especially with the people we love. You know, I, I talked about in the introduction that I absolutely enjoyed being able to sit around the dining table and have a cup of coffee in the morning and, and talk with my family. The conversations usually end up um, talking about, you know, a negative interaction of that one of us experienced and, and how we internalized it and how we had to recognize that sometimes it's it's me it's me being vulnerable and i give myself a lot of of grace when it comes to that because i I hope that i utilize some of the things that bernie brown says or some of the you know persons in ted talks that go on about how to have you know resolutes in conflict and and how to move the page and and keep striving for you know a better interaction with others and 99 percent of the time it comes back to yeah i was just being a you know, and I just needed to calm down and I needed to recognize what they were saying and not just the importance of how it was being said, but really listening in. And that's, that's one of my biggest things that I want to work on. And I think that having the mechanisms that are utilized in Bernays teachings and in her books and in in her TED talks and listening to the advice that she gives, you know, um, the way that, you talk to yourself is just as important as the way you talk to others. You know, she goes on to discuss what it is to have um, you know, a shame party and and how those can be negative and how we want to just sit around and internalize, you know, what mistakes we made or what we wish we would have done. And I think it's great that we recognize what we wish we would have done, but not go down a shame spiral and only hope that you know the way out or the ladder out is by just oh i'm sorry and we move on no it's it's practicing the mechanisms that we discuss and i love how bernie brown goes into how empathy doesn't require that we have the exact same experiences as a person that we're sharing the story with and I think that's one of the things that people tend to, to miss focus on when they're sharing their vulnerabilities with others or their experiences is that it quickly turns into, a, oh, crap, I know exactly what you're going through. Here's one time I blah, blah, blah. And then they start talking about themselves, completely negating the emotion and, and your vulnerability of, of having that confidence to tell them whatever you're going through or how you're feeling. And it quickly dissipates into a shame spiral of, internalizing, well, why didn't they listen to me? Or, or why, how could they be so selfish and not, not validate that I'm experiencing something or that I'm feeling this way? And so it's one of the things that she goes in to say that, you know, empathy is a strange and powerful thing. There's no script to it. There's no right or wrong way. It's just simply listening, holding that space and without judgment and emotionally connecting with the person while communicating the simple message of healing and that You're not alone and I can be here for you and I want to be here for you and I'm your, you know, your person. And that's one of the things that I I think is so great. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I have from her book. And I recognize that some people just don't have that level of empathy. And knowing that I know not to so much internalize that, you know, when they pivot the conversation to themselves in that vulnerable state, that they themselves are, you know subliminally showing their vulnerability that they don't know how to show or provide empathy and i think this is something that we look at as to how we're raised how how people are taught different skills just simply by you know copying their parents interactions and it's it's something i think a lot of us connect with i mean how many of us ever say like i'm never going to be like my dad and then You know, 20 years down the road, you're having a scotch at 2 in the morning after a hard day's work because that's just what happens, and now you're an angry old grouch. And I'm not saying that's me, but after a 16-hour shift in my boots and I've been running around between warehouses and delivering PPE, by the time I get home, I am one old, grouchy 50-year-old man. But getting back to recognizing just how vulnerability plays into the levels of how we're parented, you know, from our parents and how we hope to be able to have the mechanisms and the skills and the training and, and use those newfound knowledges in our own, you know, parenting of our children. And I, I think she does a wonderful job. So I think if you're somebody who wants to identify, you know, ways and mechanisms to, expand your communicative style or just being able to recognize your own vulnerabilities and and that of your children i think that's a great chapter to read she takes the time to to you know spend i mean a good fourth of her book on just this topic and i could go on for hours i mean we're already into it about 20 minutes so i won't keep going but i i think that's that's something that um i appreciate about her is that she took the recognition of not only realizing that we ourselves have vulnerabilities, but sometimes we absorb the vulnerabilities of our parents and, and being able to stop, you know, that chain from, you know, growing. I mean, we've all seen different comics or strips of, you know, the, the grandpa yelling at his daughter and then the daughter yelling at her kid. And then the kids, you know, two years old yelling at the baby or the dog. I mean, it, it all disseminates and those ugly emotions and the way we, mistreat and the way we harmfully communicate all get taught and it's a learned behavior and it's something that it's a cycle that i i hope to you know break and i think adapting myself into reading these and starting this podcast is is a way of doing that and it's it's a coping mechanism really and so in my final thoughts i would say you know being able to recognize our own vulnerabilities is key in how we adapt to a world full of shame and and neglect and negative energies and, and ill willed communication. And I think understanding our own vulnerabilities, learning from those vulnerabilities and the interactions around us, and seeing that, you know, everybody's human and that recognition or that rec- recognition, res- what the hell am I trying to say? Realization. <laughs> really helps to keep people... Damn, now I lost my whole train of thought. The hell was I saying? This recognition of these vulnerabilities, not only in ourselves, but the people that surround us and the people that make up our lives, is vital to the way we interact and the way that we move forward in our lives and how we communicate. And I think Brene does a wonderful job. And so if you haven't read Daring Greatly, I, I really encourage you to... And thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. And you can tell it's, it's a longer one. I'm stuttering. I'm losing my train of thought. So y'all know what time it is. It's, it's time to go and it's time to glow up. So I'll leave you with this. Thank you so much and continue on uh, listening
1: and expanding and growing your mind. We must walk into the arena, whatever it may be, a new relationship, an important meeting, our creative process, or a difficult family conversation with the courage and the willingness to engage. Rather than sitting on the sidelines and hurling judgment and advice, we must dare to show up and let ourselves be seen. This is vulnerability. This is daring greatly.